Welcome to Poison for Profit. My name is Zach. I'm Nick. And we are back with another episode tonight. A couple of brand new articles. Uh, I think both of them are from today. Some new spins on old stories and some just new stories. Thank you for that intro, Zach. I'll get us started tonight. We're going to be talking about Deepwater Horizon. Uh, pretty crazy uh, environmental catastrophe that's happened in our lifetime. I'm Terrible uh, movie, let me just say. <laughs> Who was in that? Mark Wahlberg? Uh, Mark, yeah, Marky Mark. Marky Mark. Yeah, you can't trust Marky Mark. Yeah, I, well, I haven't seen it. I just figured it was bad because Mark Wahlberg's <laughs> in it. You haven't even seen it, but you just thought no. it a terrible movie. Well, wow. it's got Mark Wahlberg. It can't be that good. Well, if we don't get a hate comment from this, I'm yeah. going to be surprised, Zach. You know what? I'm fine with that. <laughs> At least we're getting some comments. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, today we're going to be talking about the Deepwater Horizon uh, oil spill that, that happened in 2010. Uh, this was... Terrible disaster, uh, millions of gallons of oil spilled into the Gulf of Mexico at the doing of the infamous BP, uh, <laughs> net zero by 2050 <laughs> BP. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about, though, the people that have been affected that had to clean up this oil spill. This article specifically goes into looking at Rodney Boblet. Sorry if I butchered your last name, uh, but he his job was to patrol the coast, coastline looking for signs of oil. Uh, so he was employed as a special agent through the Florida Department of Environmental Protection. So he was uh, patrolling 14 miles of panhandle beaches on ATVs, alerting cleanup crews to new slicks uh, of oil from uh, this oil spill. He had crazy long shifts, 16-hour shifts starting at dawn. He said the air felt greasy. The ATV splashed oil up onto him, soaking his clothes, gun belt, hat, and boots. He said the smells were horrendous. It smelled like the ocean was mixed with chemicals. Obviously, it took a huge toll on him. Uh, he Respiratory issues. He... he akin it to being like an Alzheimer's patient where he had no memory anymore. He couldn't do any of the physically demanding work because it caused him to shake. And within two years, he said that he deteriorated so much that he no longer trusted himself to handle airboats, personal watercraft, and his firearm safety. So he ended up taking an early retirement at the age of 43. So, yeah, I mean, getting splashed with, oil i mean the oil's floating on the surface right right uh yeah at that point you're like not a whole lot different from you know the ducklings on the dawn dish soap commercials like that's what i was covered in oil 
Yeah, we all have seen those wonderful, in quotes, uh, commercials of the Dawn ducks and all of the wildlife that Dawn is saving. But at the point that they're getting to those animals, they are unfortunately too far gone. Like once it's on them like that, it's, it's soaked into in, the Yeah, and I'm skin. sure, you know, they've inhaled it. Yeah. Right. So basically this poor guy was just kind of stuck in the thick of it. And he didn't even work for BP. He just happened to work for the Florida Department of Environmental Protection. Right. I mean, he was doing a really important job, but yeah, it's like right. you don't you don't think you're going to be exposed to these things when you work literally for the agency that's supposed to be preventing them. Exactly. And so he's obviously suing BP for his health issues, his inability to work, because truthfully, the payouts that BP has made to workers for this is pretty pretty low it sounds really nice they've paid 67 million dollars sounds really good right uh until you divide it by 22,833 that gets down then to an average of three thousand dollars per worker yeah and then you got to think about like 60 you said 67 million dollars right think about what that means to a company like bp that's nothing exactly that's like a fraction of what they make in a day. Oh, I'm sure they're recording, uh, you know, record profits. They're in the billions each year yeah. ever since this. Um, but yeah, $3,000 per person. Uh, I have a pretty bad insurance plan, but my deductible is $2,000. So like, it's like paying their deductible. That's all yeah. that $3,000 did. And it's not any extra care. I mean, these people are exposed to like a terrible disaster. They're going to need a whole bunch of specialty care. They probably have issues that aren't typically seen by hospitals. It's just, to me, really sad. And it's just uh, the whole thing that like irks me about this is that these companies, they're uh, like, unfortunately allowed, they are allowed to make these disasters. If they then give these employees that, have to clean up after them three thousand dollars that it's so it's just not right at all yeah they hold a lot of power in a lot of different spheres of not just governance but you know pr and things like there's always a campaign to make things look like you know you're doing more good than you actually are and with the amount of money these companies have they're allowed to you know invest a lot into that and I think luckily a lot of people see through that kind of stuff, but I do. I hundred percent agree with you. I think people are starting to be like, what do you mean? BP's environmentally friendly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, something that I do, it's, it's, I don't even know. It's, it's good, but it's also kind of sad is that, uh, so there hasn't really been a big study on what happens if you're exposed to something along these lines. Um, so as I'm sure you've heard of the Exxon Valdez oil spill up in Alaska. Uh, so mm. that was in 1989, but back then they didn't have the forethought to think, oh, we should study those people that are affected by this to see how this affects their health in the long term. Nothing like that was done. Thankfully for the BP spill, uh, in the Gulf, this is happening. The National Institute of Environmental Health Sciences 
began began the golf study, survive, surveying 33,000 of the cleanup workers. Uh, so this is the largest analysis of health impacts from an oil spill, including home visits to about a third of the participants uh, to take blood samples and test lung function and blood pressure. So I think this is really great, but it just, <laughs> it, I would hate to be one of those people because you are just a test subject at that yeah. point. It's, it's pretty crazy, like what you have to go through to get a payout like this, or you like, you know, you, either you have to be studied, obviously. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people who look down on people who get money out of lawsuits like this. Definitely. But like these people are going through some really terrible shit and like the, the condition they're in, I'm a hundred percent certain like they would trade it for all the, whatever money they could possibly ever get in a lawsuit if they just right. had their health back. hundred percent. I think, I feel like I've seen interviews where like I'd take no money if I could just be back to what I was. Right. Another point I want to bring up that is really tough in this uh, study and lawsuits that are to come is that a lot of these people, they are industrial workers. So it is extremely hard to then prove that, that their health issues are caused by this disaster and not from the other industrial work that they are doing. So, I mean, you know, they're oil workers. They're like this guy, he worked environmental protection and then ended up going and working, helping clean up oil spills in another part of Pensacola. And so he just has been in this industry. So it's very hard to then say this is completely caused by the BP oil spill that, you know, extreme high level event, not, you know, just working around this in the industry. Yeah. It just goes to show how little protection industrial workers really get in this country. Right. It's, it's just sad to be honest. I, I feel like, yeah, you always hear, I I don't know. You've probably heard this, Zach. It's like, Oh, if you work for the oil fields, you make really good money. But it's like, if something like this happens, you're also going to be in excruciating pain and (laughs) wish you never had ever worked for one of these companies. Plus, that's fucking hard work, man. That's like... For sure. It's like, yeah, of course you're earning that much. But on top of it, you're going to have this risk of like being sick for the rest of your life. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the people in this industry are exactly in this industry. article it it goes to show uh that two-thirds of the cleanup workers that were surveyed had household incomes below fifty thousand, and only 15 percent of them had a college degree and i just feel like they're completely taking advantage of people that unfortunately did not know better and needed the money uh you know if you're not making enough money you're gonna clean up oil you're gonna do what you have to do to make ends meet to feed your family uh, yeah. And if you don't, like, unfortunately, I hate to say that you need to go to college to know any of this stuff, but education helps you know this kind of thing. Um, but yeah. And education also helps you, like, if you want to take a different career path, right? Or make a exactly. career change. Like, yeah, a college degree isn't everything, but it definitely 100%. improves you, the options you have and raises this the 
you know the floor i would say of of what you can make uh, exactly and i just feel like hearing that two-thirds of those cleanup workers their their whole household income was less than fifty thousand dollars that's that's like nothing <laughs> yeah unfortunately uh and and then you're working around dangerous chemicals. Uh, it's just just really sad. Um, I feel like we're going to be hearing more and more about this. And I also I hope so. I hope this turns into a, a you know bigger story. It was so. I mean, it feels like it was so long ago, right? But right, like, it was only is, 13 years ago, really, though. Yeah, and this guy's been living with this for that long, and he's not the only one, I'm sure, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there was the class action lawsuit, but I can't imagine some of those people that took that class action, $3,000 was anywhere near enough. But I thought this was an interesting topic to bring up because the Norfolk Southern spill that just happened, there are going to be probably the same, if not more, cleanup workers working on cleaning this disaster up for the next few years to come. Uh, I just hope that people that are doing it are using the proper PPE, are being made aware of those risks that can happen and aren't truthfully being compensated properly. I mean, you got that happening in a community, a small community, but people are living there. It is going to be interesting to see how it affects people in that area and in you know the surrounding area however far away that those smoke clouds got blown i am a little bit i think everybody should be skeptical about how it's kind of been announced by the epa that everything's fine and you know air is safe to breathe water is safe to drink we're gonna find out here at some point and uh i just hope that it's the truth right like we talk a lot about the epa being wrong um <laughs> we don't want them to be wrong like we want people to be healthy and safe and, and like not have these disasters that are caused by corporate greed you know affect people's health and lives and you know we want the epa to do their job <laughs> yeah <laughs> at the end of the day um did you see what just came out recently about that uh, Norfolk Southern? EPA is no. taken over and they could fine up to $70,000 a day if the cleanup efforts aren't done properly. It's like, okay. Are they in, who's in charge of the cleanup efforts? The EPA, Why is, it, EPA is now. <laughs> so I don't understand like how, who are they going to find for that? The EPA, how, if they've, Taking control of right, so they're supposed to be in charge of making sure it happens right. So then, yeah, clearly the (laughs) railroad companies just be like, "Well, you told us to do it this way." Exactly. Like (laughs) this is just like if things don't go the right way, I feel like everything the EPA has said and done to this point almost absolves Norfolk Southern of any wrongdoing. And if it goes to a court or anything like it's has a potential to limit what they can be held responsible for. Exactly. And even like $70,000 a day sounds really bad, but it probably like truthfully, that's like nothing compared to the damage that they've actually done. Yeah. Norfolk Southern is like a giant 
rail company. Like they're right. one of the the biggest railroad um, transporters. And uh, yeah, I don't know if you read the. There's an opinion piece in. It may have been the Guardian, but it was Stephen Donziger, mm-hmm. um, and it's starting to come out that I mean that was a really good piece. But it, he mentioned in it that it's starting to come out that it really seems like the reason they burned all that off instead of you know properly taking the time to empty rail cars and dispose of it mm-hmm. was basically just to keep the the rail cars moving. And like stop the blockage. No shit. Yeah. Holy cow. Uh, That's so bad. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, I'm sure we'll learn more about it as more investigation is done, but it wouldn't surprise me at all. It was a cost cutting measure. It was a measure to, to keep the, you know, keep the trains running, keep the profits rolling in. Wow. That is, that is insane. This article you're sharing is maybe a glimpse at, at what's to come from yeah. East Palestine in the future. A hundred percent. And I just wanted to round it up with uh, hope all is well with Rodney Boblet uh, and best of luck in your court case. Nick, what do you think of alternative fuels? What do I think of them or do you like the idea of them? Are you skeptical? I'd say I, I'd ride the skeptical train a little bit. Uh, but I mean, the more we can get away from fossil fuels, I'm all for that. So yes, interested, I, I would say a lot of uh, environmentalists would agree with you. Myself included. <laughs> and there is a, uh, a Biden admin program for alternative fuels, alternatives to petroleum. And that brings us to this article. That there's a climate-friendly fuel that comes with an astronomical cancer risk. Oh, perfect. And this is <laughs> talking about a new proposed jet fuel which is like something we we the world you know needs because people are coerced into air travel a lot of times especially in the united states if you want to get from one side of the country to the other um but the epa recently approved a uh approved chevron to produce jet fuel from discarded plastics as a part of an initiative to, you know, find alternatives to petroleum. I, I'm sure you're familiar with what plastics are made from, right? Uh, petroleum. <laughs> How is that <laughs> yeah, an so alternative not, to petroleum? <laughs> yeah, so I'm not really following the uh, the sound logic here, but apparently, like, this is sort of a loophole. This fits into the program because the program also mentions waste. Waste-based fuels, you know, waste plastic is still plastic, right? Still made from petroleum. Exactly. Anyways, Chevron has the green light to produce this fuel at this point. However, there's an estimate 
that the air pollution from just producing this jet fuel, not so much using it, uh, is so toxic that it could give cancer to one in four people that are exposed to it over their lifetime. Holy shit. That's huge numbers. Yeah. So the, uh, the EPA's lifetime cancer risk calculation, according to a spokesperson, is a very conservative estimate with high uncertainty, uh, which basically <laughs> just means that the EPA is erring on the side of caution they have no idea <laughs> to calculate high risk. I mean, yeah, it sounds like that, which, you know, I mean, precautionary principle. I think this is the right, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> method to take. Not sure why they're still green lighting it, though, with that. <laughs> but that is 250,000 times greater than the usual acceptable risk for EPA approved chemicals. Wow. And they green lighted it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure how the timeline works out for them approving it versus them finding this, Uh you know, how they can go back and, and, you know, maybe red light it. (laughs) Uh, But I mean, like one in four, the risk of one in four people developing cancer from a, a lifetime exposure, that's higher than like lung cancer for smokers. that's how high it is yeah that is way too high i was gonna say i am not gonna test those odds you know like i would not say oh that's fine i be you and right yeah two other people (laughs) jesus yeah so this is a conservative estimate right but the agency still hasn't required any lab tests to determine what the actual risks are or at least a better estimate of risk Um, And they haven't required any air monitoring or controls that would go into the production process that would reduce the the release of pollutants coming from that or people's exposure. Well, of course not. They're the EPA. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And the EPA really can't. I mean, it's against federal law to approve new chemicals that have these serious health and environmental risks unless they have a plan to minimize dangers which like i said they don't this this fuel has not been started or they have not started producing this fuel yet which is a good thing i think like i would always say it's a good thing that they know these things or at least can estimate them before they start production Mm -hmm. Uh, you know it's a better track record than what we have for most things on the market but but yeah they haven't put together any any plans to minimize dangers Um, they have said that related to this alternative fuel program that 16 of 34 of the fuels that are in the program so far are made from waste which is uh, which is you know kind of funny they, they won't say whether or they won't say how many of them are plastic waste or not and they they claim it's confidential um even though it's like that's the only waste i can think of that i would really really want to know right obviously like like ricora hazardous waste or toxic waste i that should never be made into food <laughs> for any reason but but yeah it's like you're literally burning plastic and plastic has its own issues right where it degrades and it leaches chemicals into water groundwater soil whatever 
Yeah, like currently we're dealing with the issue. I mean, even just like of all plastics in general, like, you know, BPA was such a big problem. And and now we're going to start using plastics to make jet fuel. Like, this is insane. Yeah, I'm all for, you know, getting rid of plastics and create new jet fuel. Just maybe not in the same, you know, breath. <laughs> I mean, it's just like this. We talk about intellectual property right you talked about it last uh, episode at least yeah um so the epa is now citing this provision legal provision that allows companies to to claim confidential any piece of information that would give their competitors an advantage in the marketplace even if i guess you know it's related to burning plastics and giving <laughs> one in four people cancer over their lifetime it doesn't make sense to, to, to it's the environmental protection agency to allow companies to basically hide the things that they're doing that are literally being burned into everybody's environment. Right. And that's like where I think like kind of like with what you do for work, the, a lot of it is environmental health and safety because, you know, your environment greatly impacts your health you can't really control your environment you know like if someone's burning cancer causing agents into the air i can't stop that i can't get away from that so we really need the epa to step in and say hey like (laughs) you're going to kill one in four people because of cancer (laughs) but um yeah yeah and this isn't the only fuel that chevron is is developing for this alternative fuel program great other ones (laughs) yeah yeah there's other ones one of them is expected to cause cancer and 1.2 out of 10,000 people um which isn't one in four but that number is still much higher than what the agency yeah yeah 1.2 so 12 out of a hundred thousand Okay. Um, but that's still way higher than what the EPA allows for the general general population. Like that's still a big problem, right? Very much. This is this community and, and we talk about like environmental justice and the EPA especially talks a lot about environmental justice and, and equity between uh incomes and and racial ethnic groups. Uh where this production facility is located in mississippi obviously you know it's a chemical manufacturing facility like most it's located in a community that is largely low income and mostly black so when you talk about one in four people getting cancer uh from this chances are it's going to be a poor person black person um, and that's just the way we have, you know, planning for industry at this point. That's how it is almost all across the country. I was going to say that is just business as usual. That's every time you hear about this kind of thing, it is the poor and the black communities that are getting taken advantage of. Just absolutely sickening. Uh, there's still some hope, I would say, that this ends up not being allowed, especially with this article coming out 
shedding some light on it. This isn't a climate-friendly fuel. I don't know how you can pass this off as climate-friendly. First of all, it's made from oil. It's burning off the same that oil would burn off. Plus, worse chemicals than that, right? Right, because once you add those plasticizers, all of the other chemicals to make that plastic, it's just getting even nastier and nastier. It's not even just petroleum at that point. So, I mean, the the hope is that EPA does the right thing, I guess. And we talk, that's like, we just talked about it in this last article, right? I feel like that's our dead horse that's, that we've been beating for a long time, Zach. This, that's basically the entire podcast is <laughs> us talking about. Hopefully the EPA does the right thing. Yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, like things like the Clean Air Act exists. Uh, Tosca exists. You know, RICRA hazardous waste rules exist. Clean Water Act even. These, these things need to be followed. And you would think if these things are actually adequate in protecting people, these laws that we have these types of production methods and chemicals wouldn't be allowed. So it seems like slowly, very slowly, things are moving into the right place, moving into the right direction, especially Mm -hmm. with, you know, just things like this being published um, and being put into the public awareness, right? 100%. The, the, The next step is making sure... Our protection agencies are protecting us and these companies aren't basically acting at their own will, which is a very, it's a very hard to do, but it's like people need to talk about this kind of stuff publicly. Exactly. I mean, I'd have to say, encourage people to let people know about, like, you don't even have to let people know about our podcast, but just let people know like what is going on. Uh, yeah. And if it's through a podcast, that's great. But like, let people know, like, you know, they're making jet fuel out of plastic at this point. Uh, and it has a one in four chance of causing cancer. I mean, I know four people, I don't want any of them to get cancer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so knowledge is power. I mean, it's such a cliche thing to say, but you have to let people know the more people that know about what's happening uh, in our system, the the better it's going to be. Yeah. And that's all this podcast is. Mm-hmm. We're not begging people to listen. <laughs> Clearly, we're not begging people to listen. Never would. It's just, we just want to talk about it and we want more people to talk about it. With that, I just want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, another great episode. Really enjoyed it myself. I don't know about you, Zach. It's wonderful. Not you know, not so much great news, but it was good to talk about. <laughs> yeah, definitely good to talk about it. Uh, as always, follow us on all of our socials uh, t- at t- uh, Poison for Profit on Twitter, and then Instagram is at Poisoned for Profit underscore. Putting out some stories on there as well as clips good way to maybe engage some of your friends if you're enjoying the podcast we'd appreciate if you pass this along to your friends uh, share some of our posts on twitter or instagram just again thank you guys for listening and look forward to talking with you next time